You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Welcome to Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano. With me today is my co-host, Jarrett Pressman. Hi, I'm Anne-Marie Nacio. <laughs> um, today we're doing our second live streaming event, and I want to thank the Band Geek fans because um, the camera that you're actually watching us on, uh, we got with the money from last week's tips and from the Amazon uh, banner. So thank you for doing that. Thank you very much, and now we can do more stuff like this. So we put it right back into the show and into our stomachs for dinner tonight. So we, thank you. We're so highly defined with this camera. Hello again. Uh, oh, what's up, Donald? Hey, man. <laughs> um, who is, uh, who's J-S-C-H-S-C? Who's that? Tell us your name. Who you? <laughs> I know. I see Rob Reich. Hey, Rob. Um... Oh, Joel. Hi, Joel. All right, so today we're doing sort of a, um, a Q&A thing. Uh, some people asked some questions on Facebook that couldn't be here. And uh, we're also going to be doing a little uh, band geeking because I figured uh, we just did our big Agents of Fortune show and I was doing a lot of stuff. Oh, hi, Michelle K. Williams. <laughs> um, and I'm going to explain what I did. I have my whole keyboard rig and I have a guitar over here. So I'll be able to do that at some point today and show you guys what I did. So, um, <laughs> wait, so we have two Joels? Oh, no. Shit. 2016 Kronos is also Joel. All right, how about this? Um, if you don't have a, uh, an obvious name like John S. Johnson, Johnston, or Michelle K. Will, and we don't know who they, who they are, just, uh, Write your name before you write a question. Say, like, you know, for example, uh, um, Joel, and then type the question, right? Does that okay. sound good? One of you gets to be Joel A, and the other one gets to be Joel 1. So I'm going to leave you guys to figure that out. No, he said Joel, <laughs> Joel C works fine. <laughs> Joel C. Okay, so um, I'm going to just start talking, and uh, then you guys can jump in and ask questions, and Questions for either of us. It's not just about me. Jarrett's here and, and you know. He's I'm an, sorry. I'm not Anne-Marie. He's an interesting <laughs> You guy. all want to see Anne-Marie. Oh, by the way, is everything sound okay? Uh, is it loud enough? Because I remember last time people were complaining we didn't have enough volume. So I can always turn that up. I have the knob right there. So just let me know. I know I have to wait like 10 seconds before people respond. Hey, 10 seconds is a perfectly long amount of time also. <laughs> I'm going to put my water. All right. Sounds good. So, um, for those of you who don't know, and I'm guessing everybody here on the stream knows this, uh, we did a... Who's we? Blue Oyster Cult. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> you always got my back. Such a hot mess. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult did a 40th anniversary show 
of the album Agents of Fortune, and that was the album with Don't Fear the Reaper on it, and it was probably, actually, I think they gave me the stats. It was their highest-selling studio album, but the, the live album, Some Enchanted Evening, actually sold more copies. So why didn't you guys do that album? Because I knew all those songs, and that would have been too easy. <laughs> um, so we did, we did a, a series of shows. We did one at BB King's in New York City, and then we did one this weekend, or this, uh, this last weekend, at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills. That's and owned by the Power Rangers. The Saban Theater. Why are you here? You asked me to come. <laughs> I know I did. And uh, then we did a uh, direct TV taping. Now, I don't have too much info on that. And um, I guess I could give some background to what happened because we did it in front of a, a studio audience and there were a few BOC fans in the audience. So it's not like it's a mystery what happened, you know? Interesting. Um, so that was cool because we did it at Red Studios in uh, – in where, where is that? I think that's like that's like in West Hollywood or in Hollywood somewhere. Oh yeah. Um, no, you know what Red Studios is? No. It's the original Desilu Studios where they filmed uh, Star Trek: The Original Series. Ah. So I had like a gigantic nerd boner the entire time we were there. You always have some sort of a boner. <clears throat> yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> so, um, the uh, <laughs> if you see us, look, of, we're looking in this direction says, because yeah, the, the, that's the, where you're. Uh, comments are. Adam of England said you're here because the hole wasn't recording. Ah. <laughs> well played. Oh, oh, that's much better. You like that? Yes. Okay. Now we can see. Um, oh, yes, that's right. And uh, <laughs> someone said, oh, Joel said he liked the um, the morning final vocals. Uh, that's a good point. When we did this, uh, BOC asked the original the guys who originally were on that album, Albert and Joe, to join. And um, Joe, uh, Joe wasn't able to, but uh, Albert was, and he came along, and it was great having him there, and he added his energy, and it was nice having those vocals, because uh, Albert sings like half the album, I think. Yeah. So um, it was cool, and you know, just great to hear stories about recording and all that stuff. And um, so we went to the DirecTV studio, which is called Red Studios. It's in Hollywood, and like I said, it was a former... Um, a former Desilu Studios. Now, you've been to sound stages before and stuff, right? Because yeah. you, you did, like, extra acting. Yeah, and voiceover work and, and movies and, yeah. Well, it was my first time on on a sound stage, and I, I tried to soak all of it in. I saw famous people. Who? Okay. Uh, we, I Actual famous people? Yes. Uh, Jimmy Vivino from the Conan O'Brien band. Okay. He actually came because we were filming at the same time as Cheap Trick. And um, so the way DirecTV does it, it's for their audience channel. Okay. It's, it's, we don't have DirecTV, but um, for, uh, for the Fios people, it's like um, the, uh, what the hell do they call that? Palladium channel, where it's like all live music in HD. Right. So we filmed it for that. Um, there's, there's a possibility that we might be able to release it to the fans at some point, but I don't know what the contractual stuff with that is. You'd be better off asking management because <laughs> I'm, I'm very low on that totem pole. Um, so... We, we filmed at the same time. We were on like an alternating schedule with Cheap Trick. So it's like, for example, uh, 1 o'clock, uh, BOC does promo for uh, the thing. You know, 1.30, Cheap Trick does a photo shoot. You know, um, 3 o'clock, BOC does, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes snippet. Right. Uh, 5 o'clock, Cheap Trick plays set. Uh, you know, 6.30, BOC does interview. And, it, and they and had it's us, all out of order. 
yeah, they had all this like weird stuff that we were doing all day for B roll, and you know, and and it was really cool to see how they how they did it. But I was really soaking it in because when when I do something, it's usually me and a few of my friends with a bunch of cameras, and we try to do whatever we can. But to see like all these professionals working together with giant like crane cameras mm-hmm. and sliders and tracks and you know audio specialists, makeup people, wardrobe people, hair people, you know uh, producers, assistant producers, directors, it was nuts. They had at this place they had a fake recording studio for the purpose of like doing interviews in there or being able to shoot through the window at a recording studio. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, when I say fake, they had all real shit in there. Right. Like, but like, it's all it's all props. Probably a hundred, it's all window. Yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear. But, and it's real. Like, I picked up the guitars and put, they, they easily had a hundred thousand dollars of vintage guitars to this place just to put in the background. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I was picking them up and playing them because <laughs> they're there, you know. Um, so, uh, that's, you know, I, I was trying to soak the whole thing in so I'm walking around and supposedly uh, the guy saw um, Vince Vaughn, your old buddy. <laughs> My old buddy from Chicago, Your old Vince co-star. Vaughn. For those of you who don't know, uh, Jarrett is in Fred Claus. Yes, that that it's that Christmas classic, yeah. Fred Claus, that everybody <laughs> watches every year. And uh, <laughs> so I saw him. Uh, what's the, the lady from Food Network with the crazy blonde hair and something? Oh, um, she's the one that does like that's like two drunk chicks or um. Oh no 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 um, uh, Anne um, shit she does uh, worst cooks in America. Anybody know which which Anne it is out there in uh, Twitchland? <laughs> no, okay. I have to wait eleven seconds for the answer. <laughs> Come on, I know people watch Food Network. I can't be the only one. That shit is on all the time in my house. Her and her and Bobby Flay do the thing. All right, whatever. Anne, whatever. She uh, is it Burrell? Anne Burrell. Yes, that's it. Very, oh, ah, thank you, Miles. Thank you, yes, Miles. Barron. There you go. And thank you, Peggy. Um, so I saw her walking around, and I saw uh, Greg Grunberg. Really, Matt Parkman from Heroes, and um, the new Porkins in Star Wars. <laughs> He's J.J. Abrams' lucky charm. Yeah, J.J. Uh, Abrams and him are, are, I guess, friends since they were kids. Yeah, I guess, and. He's like he doesn't do anything without him. He always puts him somewhere. He was in Mission Impossible Three. He was in uh, Star Trek. I, I couldn't talk to him. I, I saw him and I just I made eye contact. We locked eyes and I went, do one of those. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, and I walked away. And then he assumed that knob was just there. You saw the craft service table. Yeah, I also <laughs> saw the craft service table. <laughs> um, and you know, I we had all these like different sets that we went to. Like there was this one gigantic like airplane hangar, which was like a white room. And nothing but white everywhere. So we did something in there. And they had like a cheap trick played on like a, it was set up to look like a bar gig. Right. And ours was set to look like a, you know, a studio recording. And it was all in the same room, but they just flipped the cameras around. So that was really interesting. Um, I'll tell you though, it's nerve wracking playing like that because um, whereas the cheap trick one was presented to be like a gig I think ours was presented to be like uh, like an intimate studio thing. So there was an audience there, but they couldn't like interact that until like until a waste the, of an audience. Yeah, until the, like the stage director said, "Okay, clear," and then everybody would clap. So it's it was just they're just background. It was strange. Um, the audience are props. <laughs> it's true, no, but the, I don't even think they showed them. Um, was anybody was anybody here uh, in the audience when that happened? I think stuff like that, they don't like. Yeah, there might be a couple of BOC fans in the audience. I but saw. Most of I that saw is just Cheryl. Like, hey, you want to be in a, a television program? I saw Cheryl and Bowley in their uh, their stables of the uh, 
of the VOC fan community. So uh, I don't know if any of you guys were there, but yeah, it was it was strange because it's you know it's not a gig; it's a it's a television show taping. Mm. Um, Somebody asked when is it going to air, but you said you have no idea about I, any of that. I'm told <laughs> I did the meeting book. Yeah, uh, F- uh, Fenris thirty one says I did that meeting book. I contacted a nod. So uh, yeah, oh, that's right, Rob. You were at the show. I didn't see you afterwards because we were all grumpy and tired. Sorry. <laughs> um, Adam of England says you don't come to the UK enough for me to catch you live. Well. And some sort of weird, sad ghost face. You never know because uh, the way we do things is we, I think our manager has a dartboard with the map of the world. (laughs) So maybe he'll hit England one of these days. You're not wrong. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to air in the summer. That's all I could say because I don't don't know. Um, So we had some questions that I totally have been ignoring. So let me go back and see if I can find any of them. Okay. Let's see. Oh, John Johnson says we're a little off sync. It's like a bad kung fu movie. John, there are no bad kung fu movies. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Albert would be great, a great podcast guest. You know what? I might have to look into that. That's not a not a bad idea. Okay, how much of the BOC catalog do I know? Okay, this is a tough question, and this question was asked by uh, Fenris. Fenris, what's your name so I can say your name on the podcast so you can. This could be official. Uh, and okay, so I, and while he's answering me, I could try to round up this list right now. I know the obvious ones, uh, the ones we've been doing a lot on our like go to set. And that's, uh, you know, uh, the red and the black, uh, golden age of Le- leather, burning for you, um, career of evil, shooting shark, harvest moon. His name is Bill. Bill. Okay, so this is a question by Bill. Um, Bill wants to know how many BOC songs do I know? Um, yeah, so, uh, Last Days of May, Bucks Boogie, Black Blade, The Vigil, Godzilla, Don't Fear the Reaper, Hot Rails to Hell, Cities on Flame, Black Blade, I said Black Blade, um, See You in Black, um, I Love the Night, and those are the ones we do a lot. Then there are, like, I know Teen Archer, I know, um, what was the other one we used to do? Um, uh, Before the Kiss, A Red Cap, uh, obviously now I know all of Agents of Fortunes. Then there are songs that I've never actually played on uh, on keyboards, because when I started, I uh, replaced Danny Miranda, who was the bass player. Uh, and the songs we played a lot back then were like Veterans of the Psychic War. No, we actually, that's not true. I know they're on keyboards. Yeah, I know that. I know Veterans. I know Astronomy on keyboards. I know um, uh, Beautiful as a Foot. I know Unknown Tongue. I know, um, what else do I know? I know Joan Crawford. That's right. I know um, that was from uh, Peggy Vogel. Hi, Peggy. Um, I know... Uh, what the hell else do I know? Oh, like Transmaniacon MC. We only did on when I was on bass. But I think it, the keyboard part's not too tricky. Um, Seven Screaming Dizbusters. Uh, that was like my favorite song to play back in the bass era. And... Uh, and that's one I would have to relearn on keyboards if we ever did it. Oh, I know Are You Ready to Rock? I know um, ME262. I know um, Stairway to the Stars on keyboard. Yeah, so I think the only one that I would have to really learn is Seven Screaming Dizbusters. But I, I know a lot. Um, oh, Dance in the Ruins. Oh, hi, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know Dance in the Ruins. Um, <clears throat> it's a pause. 
Hello, Sue. It is a pleasure to see you again. Yes, we're Listen not gonna... to how clean my dialogue is today. Yes, we're going to try not cursing today. <laughs> we had a, we had a, a band geek meeting. I'm going to try not to be potty mouths. Uh, somebody else also, if you scroll back up, somebody, <laughs> I, I don't know who asked, but they said, how did you prepare for the Agents of Fortune thing? And I think that's a good segue into what's behind you. How did I prepare? Go down. Go down. down. Going down. Uh, great job. Uh, Richie, what, uh, Rob Wright. Oh, Rob. Oh, man, I practiced my butt off. Um, first, I, you know, I learned all the songs. And um, when I was younger, I used to just learn them and commit them to memory. Like, when I first played bass with Blue Oyster Cult, I never um, charted anything out. I just put it right into memory. Uh, with this, because it's we had to learn it very fast and we probably weren't going to be doing all those songs all the time, um, I, wrote, I wrote charts out to everything. And I find that when you write things down, it helps you remember them better. Um, you know, I'm gonna since people are asking all the questions, I'm going to do the keyboard thing at the end. Okay. When we run out of steam, <laughs> so that'll be that'll be like the little. I never run out of steam. Ending musical bit, and that could be cool. I'm the engine that could. Yeah. So, um, to answer Bill's question, I probably know about fifty or more BOC songs. Uh, and you know, it's I and I'm not really. And someone else asked, "Do I ever get to choose?" And that's metal minded. Oh, it's Lee. Hey, Lee. Um, do I get to choose? No, I, I don't get to choose. That's, um, you know, the 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 bosses do that. Uh, sometimes, like, if we're on the back, if we're, like, you know, backstage before going on an encore, and we'll say, okay, what, what haven't we played? What should we play? And we'll pick that. And also, um, it really depends on, and remember, I'm, I'm not the person that does the set lists, but... Uh, I could tell you that it really depends greatly on where we're playing. Like if Eric sees that we're doing a gig and there's a lot of, if it's mostly BOC people, he'll try to play longer and throw in some stuff. If we're playing it like a casino or the opening act, it's very strict. We have to, we have a very finite amount of time we can play and we can't go over it. And, um, if it's a, if it's like a state fair and there's people that maybe aren't, a hardcore BOC fans, but you know they have they they know the name of the band and a few songs. We have to stick to the the crowd pleasers and what works. Uh, but the nice thing is uh, now that we've done Agents of Fortune, we know a lot more songs and we and we've been throwing them in a little bit. Uh, 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 one that we like playing a lot is that song True Confessions, which was written by Alan Lanier and actually I know a lot of people think it was sung by Eric, but it was actually sung by Alan. In the studio, so um, and also since uh, Buck only sang one song on Agents, which was the hit Reaper, right? Um, he he uh, volunteered to sing um, True Confessions, and True Confessions, I'd have to say, is probably um, that the three hardest songs on the album for me was tr- True Confessions. Um, true Confessions was hard to begin with, and I was practicing it with the metronome. Because uh, it has, first of all, it's in B flat, which is like a, it's a good like rock and roll piano key. It's not a good Richie piano key. <laughs> I'm just laughing because you're doing this with nothing in front of you. You're like, yeah. it's a weird key, and you just have your fingers out like yeah. this. Um, so I, I practiced that very slowly with the metronome until I got it up, and then like the second days of re- we we had three days of rehearsal to do, and at the end of the second day of rehearsal, uh, Don told me, "Hey, you should sing this part in that," and I'm like. I can barely play this song, but and then I went home. Look how spread my fingers are. Yeah. Well, I remember I went home after that second night of rehearsal. I got home like 11, 11 p.m. And I got Which is the, late for us. 
And well, after rehearsing for eight hours, it was it was late. And then um, I got in front of the piano, put the metronome on, and I practiced that part with the vocals for like another two hours because you know. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you for donating. Oh, and I should talk about that. Kronos. Um, down at the bottom below the screen, sorry to uh, beg for money here, we have a tip jar. So uh, if you would like to throw some bucks in there, um, just scroll down and click on it. It's PayPal and it's very easy and it helps us buy things like this nice camera that you're looking through. And if you want me to dance for you, I'll dance for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so that was tough. The other tough song was Morning Final because it has this uh, thing. Can you guys hear that keyboard? I should probably scroll down so I can see what people are saying. How about that? Um, it has this, um, um, and I, I learned that on, with two hands, and then I realized I have to play the chimes with the other hand. So. Keyboard sounds fine. Thank you. Oh, hello, the Emily 1220. So, it's a little louder. There we go. It's Christmas. So I had to go, um... I had to do, you know, so I couldn't, I couldn't, uh... cheat and do it with one hand like I, I wanted to. I had to actually play like a real piano player. Practice that. Metronome, again. The metronome is your friend, people. I know it, everybody says, ah, I don't want to play with a metronome. You have to. This is the only way to get stuff that you can't play down. Uh, the other song that was tough was Tenderloin. Uh, and that is because we, um, uh, I had to go from like, there's a lot of transitioning between morning final Tenderloin and then I had to play a guitar thing. And let me see if I can find this little clip here. I have a really cool thing uh, that I'm going to play for you guys right now, if I can find it. Uh, I told everybody, I put a Facebook status up saying, it's really cool when you're trying to learn a Blue Oyster Cult guitar part and Buck Dharma sends you a video message uh, of the right part you're supposed to play. So I'm going to go on my phone right now and see if I still have it. Uh, let's see, is this it? Hey, Rich, that's not quite it. The top part goes, and it goes. The low part goes. So that's, there he is. There's another part that just goes with the tremolo on it. Not sure if it plays during the first part, but you can hear it under there. It's on the right speaker, I think, if you check it out. How cool is that? He's just <laughs> so freaking cool. He's oh, way too dressed up for home. Thank you, Andy Graziano. <laughs> oh, Andy's watching. A Andy's going to heckle me now. Shit. Oh, I cursed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry, Sue. You know what I liked about last week when when everybody said stop cursing, you went poo crap poo <laughs> poo crap poo. That's a Simpsons joke. Um, <laughs> so isn't that cool that like you know? Also, that's like a, a modern age sort of thing. Like usually when you'd have that sort of question, you'd have to call someone and like listen over a phone or wait to get to rehearsal. But I was having trouble like figuring out which part I was supposed to play, and then you know Buck sends me this video saying here's what you play, and how much you know how much easier did that make? Uh, Okay, so, um... I don't know if we're going to get that. Oh, <laughs> Chode. Um, all right, let's, let's answer some more questions. Thank you, Andy Chode, 68. <laughs> uh, 
What's you, the craziest rider you've ever seen on tour? Uh, let's see. Keep going down. Uh, let, no, I'm going to go back up because I don't want to... Um... I also love tenderloin steak. <laughs> okay, here we go. John Johnson asked a question. Besides a great guitar and amp, what piece of equipment has made you a better musician? As for me, it's my CNC machine. Uh, John, I would love a CNC machine. Uh, what piece of equipment has made me a better musician? Well, I think I just said that. Uh, it's my metronome. Here it is. This is the one I use. This has, without a doubt, made me a better musician. Uh, because if you are having trouble learning something, uh, this is the, the way to get it. And and I'll show you right now how I practice. Say, for example, it's, you know... Um, the way I practice that is I put it on, like... Or... So I'll start, like... The way I practice is I'll start with the slowest or the fastest tempo at which I can nail something. So I'll say I can nail it at this tempo. And what I do is I'll play it three times in a row. I'll play it until I can play it three times in a row without making any mistakes. And then I bump the speed up a little bit. And I just repeat that process, and I don't stop when I hit... Oh, thank you, Rob, for the donation. Thank you very much. Oh, woo! Um, I don't stop when I get to uh, the, the record tempo. I stop when I get, like, 10 beats faster than the record tempo, because when you play live, you usually uh, play things a lot faster than you would in, in the studio. So I try to, like, get things like that. And even with the metronome, you still screw up live, but like I did a few times, but um, this helps you get there. Like this is, and it's funny because this is not even like a, a musical tool. This is a muscle memory tool. The music happens like how you interact with it. So this is, uh, this is my favorite you know, piece that has made me a better musician and it's something I use constantly and I think every musician could use it. This is the way to do it. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> um, okay, let's see, uh, Joel asked, uh, uh, we don't know if we're selling a copy. I bet I could sell quite a bit to the fans. I can't sell anything. I will get my ass will be fired. Uh, any Imaginos? I don't know if I know any Imaginos. Uh, J John of H. John of H. John of H. Yeah, I don't know if I know any Imaginos. Um, from my, uh, from what I understand historically, that was mostly an Albert album that the other guys sort of played on so i don't i don't know if if they did if they do that if they're going to um <laughs> this is true how did uh okay michelle k williams wants to know how did my singing of hot rails to hell first come about um okay basically it's a song they wanted to do they hadn't done it in a while and uh i think i was the f um danny wasn't really a lead singer so he would just do backups and since eric knew i was a, a i could sing when i joined the band he wanted to feature that a little bit, and um, you know, a lot of the fans were always asking for it. And he said, you know, there's a song that our original bass player Joe used to do, and uh, I think you should try singing it. And I was really excited about it, and I love singing that song. It's a fun song. It's a great song, and kudos to Joe Bouchard for writing an awesome song. Thank you, Miles. Woo! Wow, you guys are nice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to buy like way better shit now. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's okay, man. <laughs> um. What's the, okay, uh, 
My New York cursing comes natural. That's right, Donald. Uh, what's the craziest rod have you ever seen on tour, and who did it belong to? I'm sorry. Adam, how is his English uh, accent? It's probably horrible. Um, the craziest rider I've ever seen. Oh, thank you, Adam. <laughs> um, the craziest rider I've ever seen on tour. You know what? Most people aren't jerks about the rider. It's mostly like water and whatever snacks they want to have after the show. The or first, like whatever sodas they want. The first time I saw you guys backstage when I was living in Chicago, I came back. And you were like, oh, you could uh, make one of those peanut butter sandwiches if you want. I was like, I can! <laughs> Are you sure? You know, we uh, Andy uh, Ascalise is a vegetarian. So we have things like tofurkey and on the uh, rider. And we played in Texas this weekend. And... The, our the, our runner said, you know, you're in Texas. I don't think they sell tofurkey here. Right. <laughs> and uh, actually, we're at, we're at the airport. We only sell food stuffed inside of other food. <laughs> we're at the airport the next morning, and where and me, Woody, and Andy are eating McDonald's, and uh, we're talking about the tofurkey and how they couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. And there was an old gentleman with a big handlebar mustache eating it like a couple seats away from us, and we're talking about tofurkey. And he goes, "You mind? I'm trying to eat over here." <laughs> Excuse me, you're making my food sad. Yeah, that's, that's what he said. And uh, and I said, oh, sorry. He goes, my wife's a vegan. I got to hear all, the, all this crap all the time. I said, so is that why you're eating a Big Mac, sir? I love that. Yeah, and he goes, he goes I'm from Oklahoma. I come to Texas to eat meat and get away from her. Oh, my God. He just flies there to eat at the in the at the uh, Panda Express and then. Um, hello, Emily. Uh, what was the first BOC song I ever learned? Um, the first BOC song I ever learned... Jeez, I don't even remember. Uh, probably Reaper as just like a classic rock fan, because uh, that's like one of the songs you got to know. Yeah. So I so yeah don't yeah, don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> that's one of the songs people yell at you at gigs. Yeah, I, that's the first BOC song I ever learned. I couldn't tell you the first one I learned when I got the gig because oh, <laughs> would you like to come in here, dear? No. My wife is hiding in the back. No, don't tell them that. St- stick your head in like all weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'd like to, okay, I'm sure they're gonna all ask you questions. Everybody loves Anne Marie. Um, so the first, I, I can't remember the first one because I remember getting the BOC DVD a long day's night and just learning the whole thing all the way through for the set. Because when I first joined the band, I had four days' notice, and Eric gave me a list of 21 songs I had to learn. So I, ju- I just remember only doing that. Uh, let's go to some more. All right. Have BOC ever considered adding a full-time keyboardist? No, I think that means us, not them. Oh, have have we? we. Um, yeah, we'd love to. Um, we 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 try to get um, who's best suited for whatever we're doing. Um, so we had, uh, and that was a question from Metal Minded sixty nine. Um, like we we've had uh, Brandon Etheridge on the show, and he said he would do it again. Uh, we've had Vin, Vinny Innocente, and he'll come back plenty of times. And then I believe we're going to have a great guy named Jason Wexler on soon. And plus, whenever um, we can't get them, Amory plays wonderful keyboards, and Andy does. But Andy's such a good drummer that, you know, it's tough to split his abilities there unless we do, like, an overdub episode, which we've done. Uh, let's see. We have some more questions here. Are you way far behind? I'm, I'm behind. I'm going to get through these because we're going to do this. Yes. Um, we'll stay here all night, Adam of England. Miles, is there a BOC song that I really want to play but haven't? Yes, Take Me Away. I really want to play Take Me Away. 
Um, but that song is impossibly high to sing um, for anybody. So we're trying to... We haven't like come up with a, a arrangement that doesn't sound weird. Uh, so we're kind of work. You know, we we've thought about it, but it's it would be a lot of work. Um, but yeah, that's the, probably the song I'd like to play. Um, yeah. Okay. I also love playing Black Blade. That's fun, and um, I like playing the Red and the Black because I like the little uh, back and forth thing that we do. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, and, and of course I like playing Last Days of May because they're very generous to give me, you know, who's essentially a sideman, a spot in that. And a lot of bands don't do that. So I think that just shows you how cool those guys are. And it shows you how um, giving Buck is as a guitar player because it's it's his show. You know what I mean? It's yeah. he's, the, he's the top dog and he doesn't have to give me any leads and he does. And you know what? I get a lot of shit for that. From who? No, like on YouTube comments. Like people are always like saying, ugh. Why is this guy playing? Well, the reason I'm playing is because Alan used to play a lead there. Right. And I just, when I took over for Alan, I play what Alan plays. So that's, you know, that's basically it. But no one asked that question because everybody here is a reasonable human being. Uh, Metal Minded wants to know, how close do we live to each other? Casim um, and I live close to each other. Um, the rest of the guys, not so much. Um, uh, Jules lives about two hours away from me. And um, we're all within driving distance. Well, no, we're not because, because, uh, you know, I say we, <laughs> well, we, yeah. oh, Richie and me, you mean, oh, no. we, we live five minutes from each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was a metal minded question. Um, oh, hello, random particle. John, John of H uh, wants to know if we're going to do any other albums. I don't know about that. Um, I think the speed in which we got the agents thing together was kind of stressful. Uh, I mean, I think we pulled it off, but um, who knows? I mean, if 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 people responded well to it, and you know the the band gets positive feedback, anything's possible. But you know, like I said, I'm I'm at the the bottom of the totem pole here, so I, I can't really answer a lot of these questions because I just don't know. Um, okay, let's go to the. Is Andy Graziano allowed to ask questions? No, um, no, no. The answer to that is no. Okay, good. Um, random particle. Do I have a favorite guitar in my collection? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I love this ba- movie. Movie Fathead. I love this bass over here. That's the bass that John Johnston, our band geek fan, built for us, and that is one of the coolest basses. It lights up and it has like lasers and and nacelles. It's it's um, modeled after. Keep moving your damn head. It's modeled after the uh, like the, <laughs> the USS Defiant from, from Deep Space Nine. I love that. Uh, my favorite guitar is probably, let's see, this one. This black one over here. That's my first like nice guitar I ever got uh, as like a lead guitar player. Um, that's a 1996 Music Man Eddie Van Halen model. Uh, and it's very rare now. It has a... Uh, <laughs> Thank you, hand. Um, oh, thank you, thing. That's a that's a great guitar. It has a great neck on it. It's awesome. Another one I like. Could you please hand me the Rickenbacker? Rickenbacker. Thank you. This is um, a 1992 um, Rickenbacker John Lennon type model. Um, it's. It's like a 1959 reissue, they call it. Um, it's although it's not really accurate. Um, 
but it's this is the this if, if you notice it's kind of small this is the 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 same kind of guitar that John Lennon played it's a it's a three-quarter size uh, which is pretty funny since he was like over six feet tall and I'm a huge Beatles nut so this is like one of my favorite guitars I never play it because it actually sounds like ass and it's very hard to play but it's look how cool this thing looks it looks like a, like a race car or something you know yes it's awesome and it has like toasters, toaster pickups, and <laughs> stovetop knobs. Is, is, that like, what, is that what those are called? Well, this is like a very like 1950s, like futuristic sort of guitar. Oh. You know, it's really cool. Assistant. <laughs> it's what guitars look like at Epcot Center. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see some more questions. Um, Rob Reich, I haven't had Mountain Dew in three weeks. I'm trying to kick the habit. Really? Okay, Andy Graziano wants to know where I got the Wendy's chair from. <laughs> uh Andy knows because he was there when I stole it. And I didn't really steal it. Wendy's was throwing it out, and I wanted a piece of my childhood, so I took the chair. <laughs> it's like, just think about how many farts that chair has seen. Oh, man. Uh, Joel W., any uh, new music coming from BOC? Um, uh, that's a very difficult question for me to answer because I honestly don't know. I know that um, we'd like to. It's just that it's... Um, it's very hard to to make money doing records, and they cost a lot of money to make. And um, even though you know recording technology and stuff is cheap nowadays, and you could self-distribute, it's time. You know what I mean? It, it takes a lot of time, and when you have to pay people, you have to pay engineers, and you have to pay musicians and, and you know producers. It, it it gets costly, and the problem is it's it's almost always a losing proposition, and so. You know, if I haven't even really released any original music, and and it's not that I don't write it, it's just that I'm sort of like, why? It's like I'm gonna why? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do it, and it's it's like it's it's like throwing money out the window. That that's a problem. So I I hope it happens. I mean, for me that would be great. Um, and I mean, the last original thing I did was Morning Starlet album, and I'm. I'm I'm very proud of that, and I also didn't lose money doing that album. It's the first money, the first time I didn't lose money on original music. So maybe if I keep going, I can like actually make twenty dollars the next time I do. <laughs> and if you don't own it, buy it. Yeah. Oh yes, please. I love that album. I, I mean, worked out to that album a lot. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people experience music through, uh, you know, Spotify, which you get nothing from. Right. And uh, like all, all those streaming services, you get nothing. Actually, you get the most out of all those services from YouTube. Interesting. Um, and I have a company that I uh, work with actually in the UK that goes on YouTube and claims all the rights to any time someone puts a Morning Starlet song up. And so I get like a few pennies every time that happens, which helps, you know. Huh. Um, I was not aware of that. Uh, Rob Reich, did I listen to VOC when I was young? Uh <laughs> no, I didn't. The first time I ever heard uh, Blue Oyster Cult, and I know if Andy Graziano is still listening, uh, the first time I ever heard Blue Oyster Cult was uh, when I was in high school, a friend of mine, uh, a, a bunch of friends of mine had a band called The Garden of Sorrow, and they were like a metal band, and the members were Matt Wilson, Joe Contardo, and Chris Glorioso. And we did a gig with them, and in the middle of their gig, they did an amazing version of Don't Fear the Reaper. And I loved that song. And I asked them, and I said, who's that? And he says, Blue Oyster Cult. So that was my first introduction to Blue Oyster Cult. Um, John of H, have I ever thought of uh, thought about writing a song specifically for BOC, either for me or the other guys to sing? 
Uh, yes, I have. I've written a few songs. Um, actually, there was one time when we thought we were, uh, you know, we thought we were going to have a, an album uh, because like there was a deal that was on the table, and I started writing songs, and then the, and and Eric said, I, "I want you to write riffs, and I want you to do." And he was ex- explained to me like what kind of styles he wanted me to write, and. I started writing it, and then the album didn't happen. So I just repurposed all those licks for Morning Starlet. So um, <laughs> like the riff in Hero Lies, that, that was something I wrote as like an Eric song, like a that was supposed to be an Eric sort of like tune. Um, and uh, Eric and I also wrote that. I think we've talked about this in the show before, and we played it on the episode Eric was on. He and I wrote a song for the game Warhammer Online. Oh, Kiss My Ex Goodbye. Yeah, so that's like the closest I've ever gotten to writing a BOC song. Um, so there, there's that. But yes, I have written and I have other ones. Um, okay, Adam of England. Here's a question for Jared. <gasps> Has Jared got any more plans to get back on stage and do some acting maybe? Um, yeah, I... I okay, o- next question. <laughs> 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 Um, I do. I I always keep putting it off. Um, it's one of those things where it's a it's very um it's very time consuming. Also, um, and there was a point where I I didn't want to perform anymore because it just wasn't working out. But then I kind of got my life back together. So um, I would like to get back up on stage um at some point, but I'm not sure when or who will have me. Um, but if I do, it probably wouldn't be stand up. I don't think it would probably be more theater oriented what about like the the extra stuff is it hard to do that you know it i had a good thing going when i was in chicago i really did and uh, not to bring it down but a lot of life circumstances happened at once which kind of brought me back to new york and for me to start that up again i don't think i have the energy at this point Mm. um plus in the past 10 years that i've been away from it um the advent of youtube and every other live you know, streaming every video service just pay opened a whole new door for more people. And it's just like there's so much competition out there um, that I feel like I would just get lost in it. But I like doing it for you guys. And I like doing it. I like doing it for me because it's it's uh, it's fun. And it's, it, you know, it's still uh, like a it's like a stress thing. Thank you, Fenris 31 Howls. <laughs> oh, woo! thank you for donating. Um but yeah, I and uh, I mean, when people do ask me to do stuff, I'll occasionally MC shows. I'll host stuff. Um, you know, Richie asked me to do this podcast kind of on a whim, um, and then that's led to other shows on our network, the Riotcast Network, um, and hopefully, maybe that'll lead to more stuff. But yeah, hopefully, I hope so too. <laughs> I like I like performing. It's just it it hasn't really, you know, it kind of went by the wayside, unfortunately. Well, you you were. You were on the the set of Batman: The Dark Knight. And yeah, well, that, the... that was all two thousand six, two thousand seven. It's been about ten years. Yeah, but still, you did that. Um, will BOC a uh, cult seven 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 wants to know? Will BOC ever play astronomy again? I hope so. Um, it's, it's an awesome song, and uh, people like it, and we and we do it. But we, um, I think the last time we did it was for like an acoustic thing. Um, I don't know. I think I think the issue with that is we really have to like get into a rehearsal studio and, and work up a new arrangement of it uh, because the old arrangement um, just wasn't working anymore uh, for whatever reason. And I I would like to you know I I, I like it a lot. Um, we'll see. Anything's possible. 
Um, Devil John Dolphin. John S. Johnston, uh, if you had to pick one guitar to play the rest of your life, uh, which one would it be and which bass? Uh, the one guitar would be that black one back there that I was talking about, the Van Halen. And the bass would be my Music Man bass also, which is the one I, I play all the time on the podcast. Uh, it's, a bla- it's a blue uh, Sterling uh, Music Man, and it's got oh, my assistant, my hidden ninja <laughs> assistant is going to hand me the bass right now. Thank you, honey. That's the wrong answer, by the way. What? The answer is John Johnston's bass. I know, but... <laughs> John Johnson's bass is awesome, but this bass is, you know, it's, it's this is also very special. So this is it. I love this bass. It looks like a bowling ball. <laughs> stop. Stop creeping. <laughs> the uh, video stopped recording on this, so I guess we're not putting a video of this up. Oh, the... the, oh, the oh, well. Um, okay. Um, oh, Joel, yeah. the last days of May solo I do is smoking. Thank you very much. Um, does BOC ever play Joan Crawford or Veterans of the Psychic Wards? It's been a while on Veterans. Um, we do play Joan. Um, Joan is the fucking hardest thing that I... I cursed again. Damn it. I'm sorry. Damn it. Jo- Joan is very difficult. I'll see if I can play some right now. See if I can... it's, I'm rusty. Um, uh... uh. I gotta practice this. <laughs> Christina. It usually, it usually sounds much better. Uh, a couple of people saying frozen screen. I don't know how far back <laughs> that is. Oh, it's about good. Oh. <laughs> we could have been frozen for like an hour. We didn't even, we didn't even know it. Yeah, you should probably scroll up and read all those first. Let's see. <laughs> Wait, okay, okay, now everybody's back. Actually, we're catching up. Oh, okay. We're catching up. So, okay. my... Uh, Michael Cannavaro, can the Band Geek fans look forward to a Dealing McDonald's follow-up? Um, yes. I keep forgetting we're not in love anymore. That's his fake Michael McDonald's voice. (laughs) Things will never be I have to get into character. Things will never be the same again. Oh, three, forgetting. Yeah. That good? Yes. There's your there's your follow up. What did you say? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, uh, I've been banned from doing Michael McDonald in the because because while while I was like practicing for our What a Fool Believes video, mm-hmm. I kept like practicing it. You know, as he rises to apology, like all that, like. Shit, I was practicing in the dressing room. He cursed again. And, oh, God. And, uh... Keeping it clean. And, um... Eric had enough, so he banned me from doing it in the dressing room anymore. <laughs> and on, he's, he was right. He's right to do that, because it was too much. Um... Okay. Let's see. The Wendy's chair is hovering... Did you just... <laughs> that was about 20 minutes ago. Please explain... <laughs> Andy Graziano, please explain the concept, music, <laughs> and implementation... Of lines. We don't need these lines no more. Uh, Richie. What? Would you like the evidence? No. Okay. Um, lo- okay. 
me, Andy Graziano, and Andy Escalise, and a drummer by the name of Adam Sachs had a band called Speed of Sound. Uh, actually, uh, Jarrett was a member. He was our mascot that used to wear ladies' leggings and uh, a cape and dance around for us. You're a good friend. Yes. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be liked. And um, I played auxiliary percussion back then. You did. So many things have changed. And we we did this. Uh, uh, we were we were all listening to a lot of Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer and Genesis. And um, we wanted to do our own like little ten minute Yes song. And we did this thing called Lines, uh, which is horrible. It's just terrible. And it it was it was about. I, th- I think I wrote I wrote the the song. And I think it was about how humans aren't meant to stand on line. It's like humans are meant to do whatever the heck they want to do. And it it's terrible. I th- I think the lick was like. Um, Yes. Yeah. I've been waiting 20 years for him to play this lick again. And then it went, went like it was like close to the edge. It was it was it was it's crap. Uh, thank you, Andy, for for dredging that up. You're <laughs> you're a good friend. Okay. Um, kicks. <laughs> and Sue Escalise, Andy Graziano. Lines is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> I'm thank sorry, you, Sue. Uh, all I do on this podcast is apologize to Sue Escalise. <laughs> Would you? What is this? Give me it. I'll, I'll show it. I'll show it. What is you it? You need to rip it up and burn it. I'm not gonna rip it up. This is whatever it is. These are the original lyrics to lines that Emery found in one of my notebooks, and she's been hoarding. Oh no no! This is not it. This is not it. This is the. This is the. Holy crap! This is a lot of pages. Just show them what your handwriting looks like. Okay. This is the story behind it. Oh God! And it has, and it's it's five, no, it's six pages, <laughs> tightly, loose leaf, tightly pages. spaced loosely from my notebook about um, how the, about the symbolism of this awful, awful song. There you go. Okay, so yeah, it's terrible. Okay, why did Rudy leave BOC? Um, I think he Rudy was uh, spending a lot of time. Uh, he had other projects he had to do. I think he. Uh, when when um, when when Ronnie Dio passed away, I think he had to he was he had to do a lot of those uh, memorial things and and it took him away from BOC a lot. And then I think he got involved with uh, Queensrÿche. I I don't really know the the correct answer to that, but I I know he he just had other other opportunities that he he had, he had to pursue. Um, so that's the answer I'm giving. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Michelle K Williams, oh, and that last question was from Flipper six 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 Devil Dolphin. <laughs> Um, Michelle K. Williams, speaking of original music, what about your songwriting process? What generally comes first, the lyrics or the music? Um, when I write a song, um, and I'm not like, it's not like an assignment, because if it's an assignment, like someone will say, you need to write a song about this, or you need to write a song in this style, and I do a lot of that uh, independently for people. But when it's not, uh, it I get the music and the lyrics at the same time, like like. It's it's usually like, it, it happens fast. I, I guess I would say the lyrics. I mean, because I have a hard time writing a song when I just have a riff. Like sometimes I'll have a riff and the riff will be there for years because I can't think of, you know, of stuff to put on. Like I have I have hundreds of stuff, hundreds of songs on my hard drive that I'm not finished um, because I just have like a bed of music and I can never put lyrics on it or I can't figure out a melody. But when something, when I get the words first, like if I get a cool phrase, um, 
the the way I say the phrase will actually dictate the melody and the rhythm of the melody. And then once I like sing that in my head in a second, I hear the entire production. And then I and at that point, I'll like pick up my phone and I'll be like, so she says, a hero lies. I think I think for me that line came first. Like I went, a hero lies on the backs of those who sent to die. And I went. A hero Thank you, Metal Minded 69. Woo! Woo! Thank you. Um, but I'll be like, a hero lies on the backs of those. And I'm like, I'll I'll sing it and I'll sing the production cues too, like the guitars and the drums, and I'll set it up on my phone so later on when I get home, I could re- sort of remember where, where my headspace was. Um. Uh, I'm in New York City. Uh, theater is good for you. That's you, probably. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Theater. It, there's a there's a terrible thing with live theater and even TV and film and stuff like that. It's called the audition process, and it's 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 horrible. It's you. You don't real. You're like I think I'm funny. I think I'm special. I think I have a good voice. I think I have a good look. Something like that. And then you're casting agent goes i'm sending you in for this uh commercial and then you go in for the commercial and you're like all right i got you know i'm I'm good i think i'm gonna get this i feel good and you walk in and there's a room full of 20 other people that look exactly like you because that's what they're asking for um so when i did uh like um when i did uh batman and fred claus in the lake house and stuff um i would get sent i would get calls from my agent i would get sent over to casting offices that would happen at the casting offices and then i would have to get approved by the director who then has a table full of photos of all the same different buffs yeah exactly so it's it's very weird um and then the uh theater audition process is worse because you go in you sing eight bars and then you leave and it's like how do you get to know my voice or anything from Eight measures of music. That sounds horrifying. It's, it's terrible, terrifying. and they're, it's they're long and tedious, and you're waiting forever. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> jumping back a little bit. That's kind of one of the reasons why I don't really want to get back into it because I just that process to me was terrible. It works, and I got you know jobs out of it, but it's it's so it's very stressful. Adam of England, Bill Shatner, Patrick Stewart, Chris Pine, snog, marry, kill. <laughs> <laughs> Or Anne Marie, this is a question for you. What would you like? Uh, Schnup, marry, kill. In in in, in Brooklyn, we say Schnup. I want to keep all of them. No, you have to do one. You have to, you have to That's schnup, the game. Schnup one, marry one, kill one. No, he said snog. Snog. Now, uh, we're a little Chris bit behind, but is is snog making out or is that Snogging like? Snogging is kissing. Is it kissing? It's kissing. Snogging is kissing. Oh, so who would you kiss, marry, or kill, Anne Marie? That seems Chris like it's a. Would be kiss. All right, she would kiss Chris Pro- Chris Pine. Marry Patrick Stewart, and then she'd have to murder William Shatner. Shatner. I don't want to kill him. I want to keep him too. Well, that's not the rules of the game. (laughs) Okay. Um, Mr. Miles Barrett, Mr. Metronome must have got a workout learning Joan Crawford. Oh, thank you, Flipper. Oh, yeah. Devil Dolphin. Thank you very much. Flipper 666. Um... Yeah, Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford was a lot of pressure for me. Uh, the hardest BLC song I had to learn on piano when I first switched over was. Um... Uh, that whole thing that was really tough for me to play at first, but now I got it. Because your heart is black. <laughs> um... 
Oh, that, <laughs> Ferris donated its curse jar for me. So every time we curse, I oh, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> poo crap poo will come right away. Yeah, but poo crap poo is not a curse. Whatever. Uh, Hell damn fart. So let's see. Uh, could I envision uh, Urgent 59? Could I envision a one off BOC lineup with Albert and Joe? Um, I have no idea. Could you make it fast, make it urgent? <laughs> I don't know. It, like I said, anything could happen. I have no idea. That's, uh, that's something I don't know. Um, John of H wants to know if anyone's having laptops, uh, sound issues. Uh, sorry, John. Um, Joel W, is Eric's guitar plugged in? Yes, Eric's guitar is plugged in. Come on. <laughs> of course. Eric, Eric is solid. It, actually, Andy was telling me something just last week. He said he was, because he, Andy Ascalise mixes our monitors. And he was telling me um, we were playing Bucks Boogie. And um, there's like a part in Bucks Boogie. We're going to be here. We're just we're we're just going like you know, uh, and we're we're playing that for like two minutes. You know what I mean? And he said he soloed Eric's guitar track during that, and he was doing like a, and he said he was like right in the pocket. <laughs> so it, Eric, also like, you wouldn't know Eric's guitar was gone until it was gone. Like if we took out the and burned the view, you know, you know under the. Like all that. He's doing the, you know. Like, he has all those guitar parts that, like, they're they're filling up the space. It's, it's like the glue. And you wouldn't really miss it until it was gone. You know, that's that's how you, that's a good rhythm guitar player. Like, it's not, it's not in your way, but once it's gone, it, you miss it. It's also a well-composed song. Yeah. Because yeah. it's stuff you don't. Normally here until you're actually listening like to every layer. Well, yeah, because I'm and burning for you in particular. I'm just going. Roxanne. <laughs> and you know Don's singing, so he's doing like sort of like you know. He's sort of like jamming a little bit, and Eric and I w between the uh, eighth notes. You know, together you get. But it sounds cooler because it's coming from two different sources. It's got this like stereo thing. Um, so yeah. Uh, okay, Metal Minded sixty nine Lee uh, is asking, "What is my favorite band or artist?" That changes every week. <laughs> um, my favorites are obviously the Beatles. I love Queen. Um, I've, I you know I love uh, Foreigner. Me and Muff, big Foreigner fans. Boston. I, I'm a big classic rock guy, but I also like. Um, Little Richard, I'm a huge Little Richard fan. I love um, Chick Corea's Electric Band. That's a big one for me. Uh, Squeeze, you know, I can keep going. And also all the prog rock bands like Yes and and uh, Genesis, ELP, Dream Theater. Yeah, uh, I love Van Halen. I I, I like a, I like a lot of music. I think uh, I think the smaller list now is music I don't like. But I don't. You know what? The older I get, I don't even really care anymore. It's like. Everybody's making music, and it shouldn't all be the same. It's you know, it's got to be different. I concur. If everybody made the same kind of music, you know, it would be boring. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, Fer uh, Fenris Howls, Fenris Thirty One Howls. Yes, there was a band. Rudy was in a. I can't remember the name of it. He he was involved in this anime band in Japan. Oh, um, crap! I'm gonna look it the, up. No, because... crap wasn't the name of the band. Um, Hell damn fart. 
No, but I remember he he was showing me. He's like, you want to see something cool? And he showed me on his phone a picture of him like as an anime superhero. I was I was I was at that gig. I remember. What? Animatrix? No. Um. Animaniacs. That was the name of the. Fan. Uh, Animetal. Animetal. That yeah. was the one he was. Uh, that he he was doing. Um. Yeah, Animetal. I remember that too. It was the craziest picture. Adam of England, how much would you charge to write a song for my girlfriend for our wedding next year? Adam of England, send an email to Richie at RichieCastellano.com. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, did I? Did, <laughs> Depends on if you want to actually get married or not. Yes. <laughs> it's not too late for What's second thoughts. What's the intent thoughts. of the song? <laughs> yeah, is it a nice song or is it like a F.U. song? If, I'm good at those. Can it be the song from your... Uh, <laughs> your um video to Anne Marie that you were taking her to Paris that ne- you never heard. <laughs> and that is why that is why I love you. What? That's a story for another time. The the, the 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 one where he was taking you on vacation. All right, uh, now I have to tell this story. Oh, the fake the fake okay. Yeah, so I <laughs> I okay, here's a story because Jarrett had to do a callback to something no one understands and no one's heard. So now I have to explain this stupid story. This. Yeah. And I was there. It was your proposal. Um, I wanted to propose to Anne Marie, and I wanted to do it in uh, Paris because I'm a romantic bastard, and uh, I uh, and I wanted to surprise her. <laughs> you know, everybody says, "Why isn't there more Anne Marie on the show?" I, you're allowed to be on the show. You're just staying back there. <laughs> well, um, that's enough, Anne Marie. Yeah. So, I had this... Uh, you look so much tinier. Yeah. I had this elaborate setup. It's like setup. on your shoulder. Wait. Anne-Marie and I were watching this show, Chuck, uh, which is available on Netflix, and it's... Uh, Anne-Marie, go... <laughs> She's salacious crumb. So, <laughs> what are you doing? All right. Um, Anne-Marie and I were watching the show, Chuck, which is on Netflix now, and it's like this spy, tongue-in-cheek, sort of goofy... Show is that how you describe yeah. it? And um, we were really into it. So it was her birthday, and I wanted to surprise her. So what I did is I said I recorded something for you for for uh, your birthday, and um, it's me. I get an, an acoustic guitar out and I'm strumming like um, the first time that I saw you, I thought you were a bit. And then uh, before I could finish the word, <laughs> the, the 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 screen cuts out. <sighs> And like, you know, it was the general uh, NSA intercepted message, you know, and, and I had I I edited together clips of the um, there's like a military general, like an army general on that show who's like a main character. So I edited clips of her uh, speaking together. It was very serial killery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was like, you know, we have a mission for you, agents. Uh, uh, we need you to go intercept. Uh, you know, someone stole plans and we need you to intercept them in their um uh, and, and I showed like an Indiana Jones style map. Like they started off in in Paris and they went to Italy. And it was basically laying out your trip. It, it laid out a yeah. whole trip, like Indiana Jones style. And it showed. And it said we've had one of our agents plant the materials you need in your home. So it cut to like a closed circuit, like hidden camera in our house of a ninja, like hiding an envelope somewhere. And it was <laughs> it was Philip, of course. So Amory goes, "What?" And I and, and me being like the great actor, I'm like. Henry, maybe we should check behind the couch. <laughs> and Emery checked behind the couch, and she pulled out this envelope. And in the envelope, there were um, these government ID, laminated IDs that I made. 
right? To make us both like spies. There was currency from other countries, right? And there was- Monopoly's were... not a country. Thanks, VOC, for flying you all over the world. No, actually, actually, I bought that currency off Eric because I, I always like cash in my currency at the end. And I said, Eric, you got any euros? He's like, I actually do. I was like, I'll buy them off you. So, uh, so we had like euros in there. Arby's bucks. Yep. And um, two plane tickets uh, to to uh, France. And she was like, what? Is this real? And then like after the – and she started crying. It was great. And then uh, after uh, after the whole thing was done, it it cut back to me singing the, the, the uh, like song. Like the last like three words like, of the song. And that is why I love you. <laughs> it was terrible. How it, many times have I been in situations where like you start to play something and I'm like, oh, God, what, what now? Like what <laughs> – like, I kind of felt like that at the wedding with the I Want It That Way. I was like, so you're going to sing a Backstreet Boy song to me now? And then you popped out, and I was like, oh, this is something completely different. <laughs> okay, okay, I got this. I loved that engagement video when he showed it to me, though, because it was perfect. It You completely forgot that he had started playing a song in the beginning. <laughs> and so it was like it was the perfect setup for the end of that joke. Um. Okay, let's see. We have some other ones. Do I have a certain instrument... Uh, that I started on, and what's my strongest and favorite to play? I started on guitar, and that is my strongest and probably my favorite to play. Although, my favorite instrument is keyboards. I love keyboards. I've just... What? No, I, I love keyboards. I love that you can... Uh, not to play, but like I to listen to. Like, I like organ players. I like Keith Emerson. I like synths. I, I love the whole tech uh, involved with keyboards. Uh, and that's what... And, you know, but I've... Since guitar is my main instrument, I've always been like a frustrated keyboard player, you know. So uh, most keyboard players are frustrated. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, you, you know, played like this, like chicken fingers. Yeah, I'm getting better. Uh, I, actually, learning the Agents of Fortune thing, uh, I think, has improved my keyboard playing a lot. I gotta I, see, just watching you play Joan Joan Crawford before with the, all the random things you've been playing, your technique is that much better. Yeah, that's because you can't hear it. it doesn't yeah. sound that good. All uh, I can play one thing. Okay, um, Fenris31 Howls, Bill. Hi, Bill. Uh, Jared, how much BOC do you know on the kazoo? Oh, boy. Um, uh, I, I have a... Funnily enough, Richie will compliment me from time to time um, and tell me that I do actually have a very good ear. Um, so if I listen to something once or twice and just get a melody down, I can usually imitate it. Go back to the band Geek when we played uh, the Just The Way You Are, Billy Joel. <laughs> And he killed that solo. That's a, that's a hard solo. And yeah. he, he killed it. Usually, usually Richie will tell us, like, you know, a week or so before the show, like, I, we're going to probably do these songs, you know, try and do them. And then he'll tell me, learn this part. And I'll just listen to it as much as I possibly can to try and nail it. And then I'll play it for him. And he goes, oh, all right. Yeah, no, it, he's, he's good like that. Uh, I'm sure if he hears any BOC song, he could play it. There's a lot that I know the melodies for, but I don't know if there's any actually specific like horn parts or anything in them. Donald uh, says, I m- uh, miss seeing you play at Dock Street. I miss doing that too. Um, that's I, how we met. Yeah, that's that's how I actually met Amory. We met at Dock Street. Um, Dock Street's a club in Staten Island. It's actually in the basement of a catering hall. And uh, I did a lot of stuff there. Uh, I have a lot of good memories of that. I don't particularly miss loading all my gear up and making no money. That was that's a drag. Um, but on a Tuesday, yeah. But I do I do miss the whole vibe of it. We had a good band, and um, we uh, Donald, we got something similar going on with um, with uh, the Red Lion that that happened. But you know, it's I I do this kind of thing because this like 
you know, scratches the live music itch because I get to play with my friends. Yeah. And I get to play and, and reach the people that actually care about the kind of music we're doing. And I don't have to lug any gear. You know, I mean, I, I do miss the rush of having the audience there. Uh, but this will have to do until bar owners start paying again. If you want me to just, if you want people to yell at you, you just invite me over. That's why I do invite you over. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Anne-Marie, how did your recording session go today? She was comping drum tracks. Yeah, I was just comp drum tracks. <laughs> no big deal. She <laughs> glasses. Um, okay. Rob Reich. Um, do you guys, uh, are you guys reading comics right now? Which ones? Are you reading any comic books? Uh, I actually have not picked up a comic in a while. <laughs> um, DC became uh, I, not that I don't like it but DC became too confusing yeah DC got I'm in the same boat as Jarrett DC got very convoluted uh, and and the other thing is like every time I would get familiar and comfortable with a character storyline they would pull the rug out from under me and say nope reboot and it wasn't like they would do it like every 30 issues yeah so I got really I said you know what I get it I get that you're doing this as a marketing thing um, but you know I, I sort of Lost interest. But I am looking forward to checking out the new Superman run because our friend Mick Gray is inking it. Yes. So that, so definitely check out the new Superman, and that's a big deal. Um, <clears throat> and I love Superman, so I'll be checking that out. Uh, the last comic I read was two weeks ago I read uh, Star Wars. Uh, there was an – I think it's episode 15 of Star Wars – or sorry, issue 15. And it was talking about what Obi-Wan did in the years between uh, episode 3 and 4. Oh, I so just read like, the thing where C-3PO was like, this is how I got my red arm. No, I didn't read that. <laughs> um, let's see. If I have a chance, please have Ron Thal on again. Ron Thal is a bad mofo, and we'd love to have him on again. Um, oh, Miles Barrett, new Annie Metal about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Sorry. Thank uh, you, Miles. Read ahead. You should read ahead. Okay, okay let's I'm, see I'm, how much I'm, more there is. There's really not that much more. Oh. Okay. Um... Urgent 59, do I heavily tweak my line six settings? Do I use any stock settings? Um, yes. All, all of my um, line six settings, and what he's asking me about right now is I use a, a Pod HD 500 on stage and in the BandGeek studio. Um, I, don't, <clears throat> I don't use any stock settings. That, that's a lie. I use one stock setting. It's called uh, Sprechen Z Blues. And I take, but even when I use a stock setting, I tweak the crap out of it you know um i i have four sounds that i play all night with lords to call there's a clean sound that i made which is basically a soldano amp with some compression and chorus and delay um there's this the sprechen z blues which is like a broken up sort of um like clean but if you play harder it gets dirty um that's like my harvest moon sound and my last days of may like chord sound i use one that's a um a marshall cranked uh, and that's my and that's like the sound I use for most of the night. Excuse me. That's like a um, that's like my rhythm crunchy sound. And on that, I have a tube screamer before it. So if I want to like go into like metal mode, I can do that. So like you know during the solo section of um, Harvest Moon or the Vigil, and I'm playing like you know really chunky metal like jugga, 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 sort of chords. I'll put that on. Um, and then my lead sound is an angle, and that sound I actually. Uh, um, spent the most time on because I have an angle amp and I mic'd my angle up and I didn't stop tweaking that until I got the pod to sound exactly like my amp. So that's that was my secret to that. Uh, and on that one, I have uh, two delays. I have and they're both controlled by an expression pedal. 
and I have a button that switches between the two, two delays and my secondary delay is actually set to a dotted eighth note tap tempo. So in the beginning of my last day solo, when I do the <laughs> I get all those like timed delays, that's how I'm doing it. If you notice, I'll tap in like quarter notes or eight, uh, oh, eighth notes. I tap eighth notes in before I play and then it's perfectly synced up to whatever I'm doing. Um, Michelle K. Williams uh, says that uh, you have a nice shirt, Amory. It's very hard to get. In girl sizes, but I don't think you're wearing a girl size. No, this is your shirt. This is my shirt, and she is, it looks like a tent on her. It's... Good night, Andy Graziano. Thanks for joining. It's a Um. Yes, Joel, keyboards are great for writing. I'm sure you know, a lot of songwriters have uh, used that. Uh, oh, Adam of England. Jarrett, I am an extra too. Have been in Sherlock and Doctor Who. Very cool. Ooh. It's not as fun as it used to be. And as you said, far too many people are in the game now. So it's hard to get in. <laughs> Sherlock and Doctor Who are the law and order of England. <laughs> there's, a, there's a thing that they say if you're a working actor in New York and you haven't been on law and order, you're not a working actor. <laughs> um, I just want to be the guy who sends them to the guy that sends them to the guy that sends them to the perp that sends them to the guy who did it. <laughs> Uh, Donald V, uh, Donald, uh, Donald Shadow, um, he also met Anne-Marie out here uh, at Dock Street, and he also met Eric there. That's right. Um, Dock Street has some, some other, uh, Donald, can I say your, your last name, Donald? Actually, no, I won't, because maybe he's being uh, incognito, because his name is Donald Shadow. So anyway, um, Donald, Donald uh, and his friend Pat used to come down a lot, and I think they were Ron's friends. So we sort of inherited two of Ron's buddies to become our buddies. And they would come down all the time. And they were great. Um, and uh, we had a nice little crew there. And uh, our bartender's name was Kim at Dock Kim. Street, Donald. And um, Donald met here and Donald met Anne-Marie there. And Donald came because Ron Thaw was playing with us at this club. But um, I was doing, I was having a birthday party at the club and my friends were doing, I think it was for my birthday. We were all doing, we were doing the entire Rubber Soul album by the Beatles, and I invited Eric down because at that point I was a substitute crew member. I was filling in for Woody from time to time. And um, Eric actually came down to see us play, and that was the first time he ever saw me play. And then like a few weeks later, I got the BOC gig hmm. because he, he it was still in his mind that I could play guitar and bass. So, um, you know, and I think Woody helped too to uh, throw my name in the in the hat there. Um and yes, Sue Ascalise, there are some great YouTube videos from Doc Street, uh, and they're all on my channel. That's uh, youtube.com slash Richie Castellano. Uh, okay. Okay, thank you, Kronos, for joining us. Yes. Okay, Flipper666, even as a guitarist, do you picture the piano keyboard in your head when I think about the notes? No, I picture the guitar fretboard in my head when I'm playing piano, oddly enough. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, I, I'm, because that's I'm... So uh, because I'm mainly a guitar player, I'm always thinking about the guitar neck, which is really messed up. Um, Metal Minded uh, 69, good night. Uh, we appreciate you being here. And, oh, he liked the Q&A format, so maybe yeah. we'll be doing more of this. We, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. No, okay. <laughs> Damn. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Uh, <laughs> Brandy wants to know about the sold-out show in Tacoma. Do I know about the soul? I don't, I don't know what you're referring to, Brandy. I'm sorry. Does she mean Tulsa? No. Well, Tacoma is <laughs> a big show for us. Washington. Yeah. I think she means Tulsa. No, it's... <laughs> oh, Tulsa? Oh, he's being a jerk. 
Okay. Um, we should get Bumblefoot for one of the live shows. That would be interesting. But Ron's very busy. So, you know, I was asking him to do the show for months before he was able to clear up some time in his schedule. Yeah. He's He literally, like, went, goes from, like, one thing to the next. So, I don't know. Um, let's see. Did Kasim ever show up to Dock Street? No, he didn't. I, I met Kasim the first time when he uh, came to my house uh, before his first... <laughs> he just showed up. Yeah, because... Hi, I'm Kasim. I had to go through the BLC songs with him. So uh-huh. he came to my house one day, and it's the first time I ever met him. Um, who are my favorite bands to be on the show with? Boston. Because I get to watch Boston. Yeah. I love playing with Boston. Um, Cheap Trick, super cool guys. Uh, Leonard Skinner has the best catering. So I like <laughs> I love being on shows with Leonard Skinner. Uh, and they're also super duper nice. Um, yeah, ba- basically guys who hang out and are, are cool. I like that. Uh, I like playing with Aerosmith because Steven Tyler will just come and hang out with you the entire time. Um, you still get starstruck too. You were so giddy at, at uh, Tom Scholz. Oh my God. <laughs> Tom Scholz is like, I, I can't, he, he's such like a god to me that I can't, I can't even like look at him. I get all Asperger-y when I see Tom Scholz. <laughs> Why are you saying like Schultz? Like like he makes like insert insults for food. Schultz. I figured that's that's the life he lives. He's heir to the Schultz uh, footpad. Uh, we also love Foghat, Fortune. obviously, because we've played a thousand Schultz with them. Uh, uh, Vanilla Fudge. That's cool because Carmine's like a drumming legend, and he's always like nice and tells stories. That's great. He played with lightsabers backstage. A lot oh yeah, he did. Guys. Carmine a piece. Oh, yeah. uh, Phil brought two of his lightsabers to a Long Island gig uh, because. That's what Phil does, and <laughs> he um, he saw us playing with him. He's like, "Let me see these," and he saw, he tried to play drums with them. It's awesome. Um, I've seen so many bands because of you. And yes, DLC. Emily, I do remember meeting you in St. Charles, and your pictures are beautiful. And if you want to plug your um, Facebook, or if you have any like uh, art, uh, f- like website or anything you want to plug, please tell me, and I will. Announced that on here for people to check out. Is she a photographer? No, she's uh, she does drawings oh, and illustrations. She and she has a very unique style, and she draws like us in her style. And, and it, yeah, it, it's cool. It's Will you draw cool. us? The one who did the, the like the line drawing of you? Um, I don't remember. I don't know if it's a line drawing, but um, let's see. Uh, Emily, I want to reach out to you on Facebook. I want you to draw me. Draw me. Like one of your French like girls. Hello. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I've been alone with you. So uh, Joel has never seen Boston, but really wants to. Are they as great as they, they as you imagine? They sound exactly like the record. It's almost scary. It's it's awesome. Me and me and Jared. The first time we ever played with them, he came and we sat on the side of the stage like high school kids. There's, like we, we were high fiving the whole time. Oh my god, it was it was it was so great. It, I I think the thing I posted that night on Instagram or Twitter was like that that Boston was having ear sex with us <laughs> because it was just like it was just so good and like oh my god, it sounds exactly like you want it to sound. Sir Dacian, how often do we do shows outside of the U.S.? For example, what are the chances of seeing us live in New Zealand? I don't know. We went to Australia uh, a couple of years ago, and it was the first and only time the band's ever been there. So I don't know about that. But we do have some Europe dates coming this summer, I believe. So um, maybe we can meet you halfway. <laughs> when you guys start filming Xena and Hercules again, BOC will go to New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Don, Donald Vandervoort, I can say it now, um, loves the lightsabers I made. I don't have what I made right here. But I, I don't have what I made. Oh, you see? 
my god, why was that just sitting there? I do have one that's just sitting here. Oh god, I get him out. <laughs> what? Ugh. Anyway. Don't leave. My wife left. Anne-Marie wouldn't be as disgusted if she caught him masturbating. This is the thing she's disgusted by. This is my Saber Forge custom uh, Qui-Gon Jinn lightsaber. And that's all I'm going to... I'll light it up just to... Second core. Ah, such a good sound. Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's the end of the lightsaber segment. I'm done with the lightsaber, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Donald, for asking. Uh, oh, Michelle's coming to see us with Boston and St. Charles, Missouri on June 3rd. I'll be there because I'm supposed to. Um, who will win an arm wrestling contest between me and Jared? <laughs> we were just having a conversation I that we win. both don't have upper body strength. I would win. Yeah, I don't know. I it win. might be a very lame stalemate. <laughs> I would win is the answer to that. I no, because then it would start off and go, eh, your hands are sweaty. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> it was so hairy. Ew. I don't like your knuckles. We'll do one for charity. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be really... That would be the most horrible thing. It'll be horrible. Um, ooh, Power Rangers is filmed in New Zealand. I thought it was filmed okay. in Japan. Okay, you can go see uh, a one-man Jarrett Pressman show there. Now that he knows the Power Rangers are filmed there. Um, let's see. Come back and maroo. What wireless mixer do I use in my studio? Ah... Good question. Oh, Flipper666 said, you just acted like I was holding a flashlight. No, that she wouldn't be disgusted by. The lightsaber she can't stand anymore. <clears throat> I, I have about 10 lightsabers, and my hobby now is 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 gutting uh, the toy ones and making them uh, sturdy and duel-worthy. Let me take you through a little trip, everybody, of what, is it, what it's like to be in my house. So we have this beautiful, huge couch. It could sit maybe seven people. At any given time, there's about seven lightsabers and four guitars on it. Now, okay, I can't sit there. I can't sit and have a snack and watch TV. So I go into the kitchen. And in the kitchen, the entire table is wires and lightsaber parts. And then I'm trying to, like, you know, clean, get ready for work. And he's just... How many dents are in the wall? How many dents are in the wall, Richard? So There's a lot, but they're my walls. And that was a monologue that was cut from the vagina monologues. <laughs> Get out of here with your glasses. Ow. <laughs> um, with your glasses. Cable management is a problem with the wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Joel. Um, I hate wires. She hates cables. I hate them. Before, before we did this tonight, she coiled up every single cable in the room. <laughs> and then as I was scrambling Correctly. to get set up for 830, I had to go find where she hit all of them. <laughs> it's definitely. Oh, you mean the thing that's clearly labeled Mike Cables? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, my wife can, knows how to coil cables correctly, so I'm very lucky. Um, okay, uh, Joel wants to know, what wireless mixer do I use in the studio? Good question. Um, do you have, can you pull up the app? Yes. Uh, I did a YouTube video on this that you could check out. I use um, an interface from my whole uh, system called a Motu 1248. Uh, it's M-O-T-U. And, um, and it's also a server, and it can serve via Wi-Fi. Um, this little mixer to everybody, and this is the Motu app. So anybody connected to my, the Wi-Fi in my house could mix their own headphones. So we have um, the way I'm set up in the studio is I have eight. In, I'm sorry, nine independent uh, monitor mixes that uh, so I can have nine different people down here if I wanted to, and they can all have their own headphone mix 
and mix it themselves. Uh, when we first started doing Band Geek, I I was using like a good old Mackie mixer, but just doing uh, headphone mixes would take me an hour and a half. So being that that was not acceptable and was taking too much time, uh, we got this, and I think everybody is a lot happier. I mean, do, do you like it? I do. It, it just makes life easier because then I like – now that I know how to use it, it just, I, oh, I don't want more keyboards. I just go and do it. And I don't, it used to be a, a balance of Richie figuring out what was going into Pro Tools and us recording. Yeah. And then hearing something good in our mix so it wouldn't screw us up. Now it's just like, he doesn't care what we hear because we can control that. That's right. It's good. Um, all right. So we're going to start uh, wrapping this up. Um, and I'll answer a few more questions oh. and I'll, I'll do my uh, my quick uh, demo. A- agent's demo. Um, okay. No, scroll down. Oh, Bill. Uh, I remember that <laughs> Bill at a Halloween show, he went dressed as Eric. <laughs> you know, Bill, I did that too. I dressed as Eric for a Halloween show. And he looked at me on stage like, who is this idiot dressed like me? And it took him three songs to realize that it, that it was me. Like, so you think this Eric audience member happens to know how to play all these songs too? It was, uh, anyway. you went as 1970s Bloom. Though. I did. It was great. Uh... How many flippers six six six? How many hours total did it take you to make your videos, such as ABC or Bohemian Rhapsody? ABC, I think I made in two days. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody took me a week, but it was a week of being down here every day, all day. Like I didn't Christmas. have any work. It was Christmas. It was Christmas week, yeah. And I just remember going, you know, Mama, ooh, and everybody like she'd she'd yell downstairs and say, I don't know. You'd say that sucked. Oh no. <laughs> That's what you would say. Would oh, now down, she's backtracking. I'd, 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 you know, yell down vocal technique to you. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. What are the dimensions of the Band Geek Studio? <laughs> You're looking at it. It's, how it's tall? a lot smaller than you think. It sucks. It's how, uh, how wide am I and how wide are you? <laughs> it's shaped there's like There's the dimensions of the Band it's Geek Studio. Like, like, it's shaped like an L. And I have... Um, this is the Band Geek Studio. I think this is 10 feet wide. Right? Mm-mm. That? Um, that's less than 10 feet. No, no it's not. That's, no, that's like 10 or 12 feet. I think it's 10 by 13, but it's not a box. Because I have like... Are you going to get a tape measure? All right, Amber's getting a tape measure. Oh, my so, God. Anyway. Good. Then we can measure our junk. Okay. Also, um, Emily just linked her Facebook page to her Twitch account. Uh, and she posts in an illustration. So go to my Facebook page, and she posted it, and I'll, I'll repost it. Uh, check out Emily. Is Emily? You're, you're Emily Wilson, right? If I'm mistaken, I apologize. And uh, she'll post some more of her art. Um, <laughs> this is ridiculous, but I'm doing it so it doesn't hit me in the head. <laughs> They're actually <laughs> measuring the studio. So what do you got there? Thirteen. This is sixteen. Sixteen feet long. And there's a smaller section. Eight feet. That's eight feet. So, so it's eight. The cubicle you can see right now is eight feet. Yeah. So like it's there's about eight feet of of good Usable space. Usable space. Yeah. And Emily's measuring the rest of this. Oh, Emily said yes. That's correct. Emily Wilson. No. Okay, no, okay. Just pull. Pull back. No, let go. Let go. I got this. Expect to hear from me tomorrow, Emily. Okay. Thank you. Uh, is it weird that every split level room has a is that the weird room every split level? No, it's just weird because um, whoever built this house that I live in, um, this was a, a rectangular uh, ba- uh, basement, it's but they. It's twelve feet. It's, t- uh, it's twelve feet. So it's twelve by sixteen. It's, 12 it's a by twelve. Eight, really. It's a twelve by sixteen room, but there's an eight foot bathroom in the corner of this room. Uh, I call so, it twelve by eight. So that's that's the deal with this. 
Um, okay, so that seems like we got all the questions. And if we missed anybody, I apologize. This is a perfect square. Um, okay, so now I'm going to do a quick little thing for the real geeky fans. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I'll start recording this, actually. This, uh, um, I just want to, everybody can go to Richie's Facebook, but I just want to point out, this is Emily's drawing. Can't even see that. Uh, kind of. There oh, it is. There it is. That looks <laughs> exactly like me. I want to see that. That's awesome. That. That's great. Oh, you got the color on my guitar. Perfect. Uh, Miles, no, I don't put do vocals in the bathroom. I put guitar amps in the bathroom, though. That's uh, when, when, I'm, when I have to use a cabinet, I'll do that. So now's the point of the show. Uh, and first of all, I want to thank everybody for your amazing questions. Ooh, and your and, donations. And the donations to the tip jar. And just to remind you, next time you're on Amazon and you buy something, before you do that, use our Amazon link. That is riotcast.com slash bandgeek. Before you do any of your shopping, uh, before you put anything into the cart, hit that banner on the top of that page. And then a small percentage of your Amazon purchases goes to supporting our show. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. And we really appreciate that. So now to the uh, super duper nerdy Agents of Fortune segment. So I'm going to turn the camera so you can see my keyboard rig here. All right. So. Oh, I'm right in the middle of this. Get out of here. <laughs> Leave. Okay. I'm going to take you guys through every song of I Agents of Fortunes and uh, Agents of Fortunes. Of Ages of Fortune. Now, um, I don't have the right uh, Hammond organ here. I'm going to use a crappy Roland sound. Um, for Summer of Love, I, I usually play like the power chords. But um, for this, I actually learned the right organ part, which is just for a very long time. And then eventually goes down to and then it goes this in the Garden of Eden. And then I learned something cool. Because I, uh, when we usually play the song, we do B minor, A, G. But on the record, it's B major, A, G. How about that? Okay, so that's that song. Uh, True Confessions, I play piano on. And this was very, very tough for me to learn. And the parts I played... All right, let's see if I can play it again. Um... And the reason I do that with two hands is because I have to sing all like um Spend all night So I sort of made that a little simpler for myself. Uh, after that's Reaper, uh, which um, yes, we do do that differently than we do normally. Uh, Reaper, I we usually play in B uh, for vocal reasons, but where, um, f because the original album's in A, we actually did it A. And usually on Reaper, I play piano. We'll see if I can remember it in B now, uh, which was a, uh, um, uh, I can't, uh, I can't remember it. And that's how we used to play it in B, but I've been doing nothing but practicing it in A for the uh, album. And I think, let's see if I can get the right sound. Uh, the, the band's manager, Steve, actually told me 
that it was originally recorded on a clavinet. So I had a clav sound that I was using. There we go. So. Um, and then there's some organ swells that I'll do on that, which just. And I, I bring those in and out. That's something they did in, in, in post. Uh, and then here's a really cool thing I'm going to show you right now. Um, this is, I don't know if you can see it. I have my iPad back here. And I downloaded three apps to do this. Uh, the first song I used this song was Reaper. And here's the sound. Here's my Reaper bass sound. Yeah. All right, so in Reaper, I had this this tricky thing to do. So check this out. That, uh, what I'm using there on the iPad, this is the um, Arturia I, what is this thing called? Uh, the, yes, uh, Arturia ISEM app. And this is an app that models an old Oberheim keyboard. So I have all these oscillators and uh, um, envelope filters that I can play with. And I got pretty close on a lot of these sounds. So there's my like l low synthy sound. Uh, after that's ETI, I just played guitar on that. I mean, originally we were doing the, uh, you know. But um, Don and Eric agreed that we were missing that second um, rhythm guitar. So I did that. Uh, what comes after? Guys, what comes after uh, ETI? Is that uh, Vera? Vera Gemini? I think it is. Um, so for Vera Gemini, uh, I have over here this piece. This is a Roland sampler, and for that I sampled all the sounds. So check this out. You are boned like a saint with the consciousness of a snake. Um, so I actually lifted that from the record, and then I got this sound. I, I'm really proud of this one. This is pretty close. Um, So we have all those, uh, that's like my Vera sound. And Vera's cool because I have a double part again. Um. And then in Vera, there's this awesome thing that took me a while to learn. It's it's actually like this weird, um, half-step, like, microtonal pitch thing they do. So I'm playing this chord, and then I play this chord, but I have to bend it out of tune. It's awesome. Listen to this. So I like playing that song a lot. 
Then after that, I think there's a Sinful Love, and that's just a piano for me. Uh, and that's got all this... Uh, This is good because this is going to help me remember all the songs if we don't play them in a while. Um, after Sinful Love, um, yes, Miles, I had to learn the songs and I had to do all this other crap. So I had to get all the sounds and the uh, all the sound effects. Uh, what comes after Sinful Love? Is that is that Tattoo Vampire? Yeah, I think it's Tattoo. Uh, for Tattoo, I actually got a clav sound because Albert told me that um, the beginning is guitar and a clav. So I actually had like, and then I played guitar for that, which is just like, Another cool thing I learned about that album. If you go, um, if you listen to that part, the um, uh, there's there's two parts. Don was telling me one goes. It's like there's one thing with an open G or whatever. I I don't play that part. There's another part that goes. But there's another part that I heard, and neither of them could remember playing uh, with it, uh, or playing on the record. It's. And I played that. So together, it sounded like this. So you have that little chord there for a second. Um, the, here's a little band geek exclusive right now. The middle part of um, Tattoo Vampire has like the sound effects thing. And I asked Buck, I said, can, uh, do you guys have recording of that that I can use for the sample? And he said, no, we have no idea what that is, but feel free to try to make something. So. Here's what I made. <laughs> and, and under that is going. really just sounds like you walked down the Halloween aisle at Walgreens. Yeah, and that's that's all me, by the way, going, ah! that's just all pitch shifted and, and, uh, and yeah, it's different because we don't, I have no idea what the, uh, Joel just said he noticed it was different. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what was in the begin, what was in the original. Uh, I basically put on the album and listened to it like 20 times until I figured out like, I actually, I put the album middle section in Pro Tools and I tried to pick out every sound I heard and recreate it and get it as close as possible. So, that's that's my best attempt at that. Uh, then after that was probably what comes after that. Uh, oh, I think that's morning final. Okay, so this is this is really tricky because um, if was it morning final? Yeah. So I morning final and tenderloin go into each other, and this is the hardest thing of the night for me. So. Um, Instead of using this uh, this Arturia app, 
I actually used GarageBand because I was looking, I spent like two hours looking for a synth with a chime sound on, on the iPad and I couldn't find one. So um, what I actually ended up doing is on my computer, I used, a, I found a, a, in one of my uh, soft synths called Miroslav, I found a great chime sound and I sampled it into my iPad. So now morning final, I have a, uh, oh, good, piano sign. So I have that going on, and then there's the, you know, um, oh. Also, I got to sing this song. That was fun. Awesome, awesome parts. And I think Joe Bouchard played that. Great piano part. Very tricky to play. Nice stuff. And I also think Joe Bouchard played um, Joan Crawford, I have a, I, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, there's a little organ in that, you know. Uh, for down the subway steps. Oh, my organ's off. That whole thing. <laughs> so that's that song. Now... At the end of that, Eric does this little, um, hey, mister, paper, mister, and he taps me on the shoulder when he's done with it, and I hit this. So that gives it, that's like, gives him sort of like enough time to switch, and then I can actually trigger the, the brakes, and then stop it. Uh, while that goes, while that's happening, I have to put on a uh, guitar. And change the sounds on everything. So I have to change these sounds to uh, this, to my tenderloin sound, which is... Dudes, how close is this sound? This is a stupid app. This is a $10 app. Listen to this. I was super impressed by that. Uh, there's also some piano in this, but the one really cool uh, sound I had to get was this delay thing. And I actually have, can you see this? Yeah, I have the keyboard plugged into my boss delay pedal. Uh, and I think this was actually Alan's delay pedal because I, I found it with the band stuff. So uh, for that I have, um, let me play it right now, sorry. So there's that, and then I have to switch to guitar in that and do the um because uh, Don and, and Eric do like a harmonized lead, which is really cool, and I have to pick up the rhythm. And then at the end of that song, there's that harmonized thing that Don actually taught me via the uh, email, which is, um, he goes, um, um, and I go, you know. So that, that's very challenging, but a lot of fun. And then the last song uh, is Debbie Denise, and uh, 
that has a um, this I had to use another key. I actually had four keyboards, but on that keyboard I had this sound. Um, let's see. Then, uh, Buck didn't like the uh, string sound from this app, so I had to actually use a different one from another app. Um, let's see if I can find it. Quickly. Uh, sounds. Here we go. Synthpad. Uh, it was like a it was like a Tron string machine sort of thingy. Uh, is this it? I can't believe I lost this. sound I did so um, yeah I was quite busy during that whole agents of fortune thing but I like doing this sort of thing I like trying to get as close as possible and I think uh, the guys appreciated that you know with doing this band geek thing we always try to get as close as we can and also with my split screen videos I'm, I try to get as authentic as possible and uh, I treated this BOC material no differently than I would treat like a Queen song or a Beatles song like I listened to it and using whatever tools we had, I tried to get as close as possible. And um, yeah, and, and you know what? I had a lot of fun showing this off because, you know, as I was doing the rehearsal, everybody's all really involved with their own parts. But I know you guys appreciate stuff like this. So I, I hope you had as much fun uh, listening to me go through this and really nerding out because this is real band geek stuff right now. And um, I want to thank everybody. And thanks, uh, Jarrett. Let's put Jarrett back on again. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening to Band Geek. Um, uh, and uh, you guys are now all on our our podcast. So thanks for listening. Thanks for the donations. And uh, we'll see you next time. And we, I'll we, give you guys a round of applause. And we promise we're not spoil. We can't spoil anything. But we have a really music heavy episode coming up. We promise. And we say music heavy is not in heavy music. But just very musically heavy. Well, if we could pull it off, it's really like it's really ridiculous. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for being here, uh, Adam of England. Thanks for sticking sticking it out with us. <laughs> uh, thanks, Sue. Thanks, Rob Reich. Thanks, Emily, Donald, John, Urgent, Flipper, uh, Bill. Thank you, guys. Miles. Uh, Miles. Everybody, you guys were awesome. Um, and I guess if you guys like this, let us know on Facebook or on Twitter and we'll try to do more of these. I had a good time. Yes. If you're not following him already, Rich underscore Castellano. A lot of you have found me at, at more kazoo. Also on Instagram at more kazoo and at Rich Castellano. Well, this was super fun. Michelle K. Williams, John Johnston, John Spo. Wow. John Spo was, was creeping the whole time. Oh, uh, Fenris Howells. Yeah. Fenris, uh, Michael Canavaro. Thank you guys. Jo the, the Joels. <laughs> Wait, why are more people signing on now? That counter keeps going <laughs> no, up. They're, uh, Where have you been? We, we will do more of these. Uh, maybe we'll do, maybe we can do like 
one of these once once a month and one of the the um, encore once a month and then two like music ones like we can balance it out like that because this is fun. I mean, this t it takes a little prep, but it's fun. We got the great camera that you guys bought us, so thank you very much. Yes. All right, everybody, have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano. This is Jarrett Pressman. See you next time.